content warning, this podcast mentions suicide. If you are contemplating suicide or having suicidal thoughts, please call Lifeline on 13 1114 or the Suicide Callback Service on 1300 659 467. If you're in immediate danger, call triple zero. on the air hi live and in stereo <laughs> i like push my glasses back too far on my face and now my lashes are brushing against oh, the lenses because yeah. i thought you meant you pushed them up like it's like well, this I is did. serious I hour did, but I, I did it too enthusiastically <laughs> and now i'm struggling okay that's better welcome to pedestrian tvs all aussie mystery hour that's maybe going to be an hour today look i think it might be because this case took me i think three and a half hours to research because I wanted to do it justice. There's quite a lot to it. So we might even get to our mythical hour yeah. running time. Because at one. the moment, it's like all our episodes because we've <laughs> finally gone live, guys, which we're is live. very exciting for mm. us. Also terrifying, we're getting some, we're copying some uh, <laughs> some neg reviews, yeah. which are really hitting home. Because <laughs> we're both really sensitive people that <laughs> there could be 50 nice things. There, there aren't 50 nice reviews. No. So please, if you have... 50 thoughts, go and leave 50 nice reviews. But they could be nice reviews, but we take the mean ones to heart. We do. And people just don't get it. I feel like they're coming for serious investigation. And we've always said, dolls, we're not serial. Yeah, we've this always isn't said it. Teacher's pet. No. It's just two girls chatting about mysteries. Because we love them. Because we love and are fascinated by mysteries. And we know there's people out there that are just like us and probably sit around with a wine talking about the exact same stuff. Exactly. We're doing it completely sober. We are. Josie's got a giant uh, bottle of, mm. I assume, water. Could be wine. Wouldn't mm. know it. Pinot Grigio. <laughs> just, a, just a big <laughs> water bottle full of Pinot Grigio my over God, here. That's my secret dream, to be at work <laughs> drinking wine all day. No, it's not. I'd actually fall asleep. Yeah, I would get really tired. But I have written my best stories when I'm drunk, like the time we had work drinks and then I like was a bit tipsy yeah. and then I wrote this entire story about why Sizzle is the best restaurant in Australia oh, and yeah. just that like, it was a real highlight too. for me People in my career. People love Sizzler. Yeah. Um, no, we're sober and we're talking about mysteries and we've had three episodes go live. Yeah. Now, so... It's exciting. So please hit us up on iTunes, yep. obviously, which is probably what you're doing right now. Yes. But if you're subscribe listening to yeah. and rate. Yeah. And if you're feeling nice, just doesn't have to be an essay. Just no, a few nice just words. Just a sentence. Just a nice sentence. A kind sentence for yeah. us. Really helps us out. Yeah. Gets us out there. Mm-hmm. Then we can make more. More episodes. We can research more shit for yep. you. And that's what you really want. Yes, and it's also on Spotify now as well. Yeah, I didn't even know Spotify yeah. had podcasts. Yeah, I feel like they launched it in the past few months, but we're finally Maybe on there. Bloody go. So there's several ways to hear us. So many ways. Talking about mysteries. And we also have a Facebook group. Oh, my God, yes. So we really like the Facebook group. Mm. Because we're in it. Yes. And we literally are the only people writing back to you at the moment yeah. because we care a yeah, lot. Yeah, we do care. And we'll write back within seconds. <laughs> That's how desperate and sad we are. At 4 a.m. Just like <laughs> Honestly, this morning, what was that, like 6.30 in the yeah, morning? And someone, a delightful person, and I've forgotten her name. 
I want to say Jacqueline. Was it Jacqueline? No, I feel like it mm. was Danielle. Maybe no? it was Danielle. <laughs> was it Samantha? It was one of those names that's like long, like yours, like Josephine, and yeah. then you can shorten it. Um, it was. Josie's looking it, it up. It was Danielle. Danielle. Okay. So, I have a good memory. So Danielle, mm. our new best friend. Our favorite person. She wrote to let us know that dingoes from the Lithgow Panther episode yeah. are actually. Not uh, yeah. to Australia. Yeah, not native. Mm. They were introduced 4,500 years ago. Yep. So they're quite, like, you know, extremely long living in Australia, yes. but yeah. not actually native. So that was so fascinating. And we can drop things in there like I put in the full transmission, oh, yes. transcript of the transmission of Frederick Valentich's last communication. Which is terrifying. From the third episode. So, yeah, anything that kind of doesn't translate with our voices we'll put pics in there and other info and videos and anything pertaining to the cases that we talk about. And you can hit us up with your facts like Danielle did, you know, a little fact check because we're not research geniuses. Yep. We do like research. We do. Which a man on Some, iTunes yes, said that we mean don't. Man. Anyway. We do I, like, I feel like research. we're too triggered about these. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Let's spend 30 minutes just <laughs> going on about crying. how sad we are. Anyway, um... What are you doing today? I know what you're doing today. I'm very excited. What am I doing? You're doing the Somerton Man. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I thought you meant, what are you doing today? Like in general. Oh, just I'm like, like, I'm working. How's your day going? <laughs> what, what are you going to do later? So if you want to hit us up on the Facebook group, it's called All Aussie Mystery Hour. And you can find it on Pedestrian TV's Facebook page. That's the website that we're from, Pedestrian TV. Yes. It's the yellow icon with the black feet walking. Yeah. Should we get into it? Yeah, let's do it. Me today. Yeah. I am doing the Somerton Man, also known as the, I don't know how to say this, Tamam Shud? Tamam Shud? I always thought it was Tamam Shud. Tamam Shud? I don't know, to be honest. You okay. say it however you yeah, feel. Yeah, I, d- I was really wrestling with this while I was researching. I couldn't figure out the pronunciation, but I don't really say it that much in this story. So I, I just call him the Summerton Man. But I'll explain why the Tamam Shud, Tamam Shud, Tamam Shud, Tamam Shud is part of it in a minute. So there's so much to this. I've broken it up into sections because I didn't want to just info dump at once. We are deep diving today. Yeah, it's a deep dive. So what I'm going to talk about first is the man, the man himself. So at around 6.30 in the morning on the 1st of December 1948, some people walking on Somerton Beach came across a man. He looked like he was sleeping. He was kind of semi-propped up against the wall on the sand, though. And then they kind of tried to wake him, and then I think one of them picked up his leg or his arm and it was stiff as a board so they realized this man was no longer living so interesting side note um Somerton Beach is near Glenelg and Glenelg Beach is where the Beaumont oh, kids were last seen years God. and years later like 20 years later cursed beaches yeah but it's interesting just an interesting side note so he was found lying on the sand fully clothed he was quite smartly dressed but all guys did dress smartly back mm. in the 40s like suit, tie, yeah, hat. Yeah, so it's not really anything. He didn't actually have a hat. So he had a tie, he had a coat, no hat, which is actually unusual for that time. Like most men had a hat. In his pockets, he had a local train ticket and a bus ticket, but they hadn't been used. A metal comb made by a US manufacturer, which is an important detail for mm-hmm. later. 
half a pack of juicy fruit chewing gum, which I didn't even know was around in 1948. <laughs> yeah, juicy like who buys juicy fruit anymore? <laughs> no, my nan always used to have it, so it ex- like that explains it. She was buying it in the 40s. Yeah. He had a packet of cigarettes and a box of matches. He had no wallet or other identification, and he had a half-smoked cigarette resting on the lapel of his collar. So it was like his he was coat. smoking it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, so he appeared to be about 40 to 45 years old. The coroner, when he examined him, said he was in peak physical condition. There was no obvious cause of death, and that's why passers-by thought that he was sleeping or passed out drunk, um, because a few people had seen him the night before. They think they never saw his face, but they saw a man lying where he was lying. Mm. But they couldn't definitively say that's the same man because they never got a good look at his face. Yeah. Um, several of the man's organs were enlarged upon examination, particularly his spleen, which was three times the normal size. And that pointed maybe to poisoning, but there was no other evidence. There was no traces of poison found in his system. There was no vomit or signs that he'd been kind of thrashing around or having a seizure. He was very lying very straight and still and undisturbed. So because he had no identification, they immediately put his photo in the papers. It circulated nationally. Nobody ever, ever came forward with a positive identification. So people probably came forward and said, oh, that's my mate, Jono. Haven't seen him for a while. <laughs> oh, wait, no, there he is. Sorry, it's not Jono. So that kind of stuff happened a lot, apparently. Yeah. They thought he was a few different guys, and then those guys showed up. Um, his fingerprints and dental records didn't match anyone in Australian databases. And then Australian police circulated his image and his fingerprints to international law enforcement, um, including FBI and Scotland Yard, but no one could match his face or fingerprints to any of their records. So it's Wild. super mysterious. And then, so a few days after it was found and the coroner was doing a full investigation, not only of his body but of his clothes, they found, a, one. you know, in your jeans, you've got your main pockets and mm. then there's that weird little square pocket. Yes. It's like, what is so that for? So stupid. What is that for? Sometimes I put like a coin in there or something. I find yeah. it later. I'm like, that was weird. So in that, <laughs> in that pocket of his trousers, so he didn't have jeans on. He had trousers on. There was a tiny, tiny piece of paper, and it had the words Tamam Shud, Tamam Shud. It always creeps me out. Tamam Shud written on it um, in that tiny pocket, and it was a tiny piece of paper folded up really tightly. Mm. Um, and after some investigation, which I think is pretty impressive for back in the 40s, that they managed to track all of this down, the tiny bit of paper was found to be torn out of a rare 1941 edition of a book called the... I can't pronounce this either, so if mm. I'm offending anyone, I'm sorry, but I am a bogan from Newcastle. I don't know how to say <laughs> this. The Rubaiyat of Omar Shayam, a book of poetry written in Farsi, which is like Persian, Persia. Mm. The words Tamim should translate to it has ended or finished, Ooh. which is so creepy. Oh, it's so fucking <laughs> creepy. Um. And because of that combination of him never being identified and the creepy bit of paper, it's become this worldwide mystery that people are obsessed with, not only here but around the world. It's one of the most famous unsolved mysteries ever. So what we know about the man. After he was found, the police did their jobs and attempted to retrace his steps, but it was super weird. Like, 
they didn't even really know where he came from. They know that he appeared in Adelaide on the 30th of November, so the day before yeah. his dead body was found. Appeared like flew. Was there flying then? Mm, no. no. Well, there was, but he... <laughs> was, was there flying he, then? Oh. The first kind of record of him is at Adelaide train station. Okay. So it's assumed that he got a train okay. from somewhere. Um, it was there that he bought a ticket to Henley Beach somewhere around 8.30 to 10.50 a.m., but he never used that ticket. Hmm. Um, at 11, he checked a brown suitcase into the train station cloakroom, but police haven't been able to trace his movement for the rest of the day. His shoes were very clean, so they're like, if he was wandering around the streets of Adelaide around the beach, hmm. his shoes would be in worse condition, yeah. but they were in like tip-top condition, so they don't know what he did. Witnesses did see, as I said, a man fitting his description lying in that spot and they saw him between 7 and 8 p.m. the night before he was found. At one point, a couple said they saw him extend his arm right up into the air and then it just kind of fell back down. What? And they thought he was just drunk or yeah. like, and he just passed out then. And I, I don't think I would necessarily go up to a man Absolutely lying not. on the beach at 8 p.m., who'd raise his arm, no. like, let it drop. Like, I, my first thought wouldn't be, oh, my God, this man's been poisoned. No, we're inherently, like, yeah. stay out of people's business. Yes. Slash everyone on the beach at night is scary. Yep. So many things like that. So I feel like, absolutely, I feel no anger towards any no. of these bystanders yeah. who passes by. I would have done the same thing. Yeah, and he didn't, like, make any noise or say anything. <clears throat> Excuse me. So they just kind of let him do his thing. Yeah, but no one saw his face at that point. Um, they weren't kind of looking hard yeah. enough. Again, it's like you see someone acting a bit weirdly. You're not necessarily going to stare right in their face and yeah. memorise their features <laughs> for future <laughs> reference in case they end up dead the next day. Like, you just don't. Um, so when they investigated, they found a pasty, you know, like... A, oh, yeah. yeah. Is it pasty or pasty? I say pasty. Yeah, look, I think it might be pasty, but I have always wondered this. So if anybody knows if it's pasty or pasty, pasty or can pasty. you tell us? Pasty sounds so um, unappealing. Yeah, well, it reminds me of nipple pasties. That's why, <laughs> to me, it's unappealing. <laughs> to me, but it's just paste. they're good. Like, they're delicious. Like, yeah, they're how delicious they are. Yeah, he had good taste. <laughs> like, a, like a good veggie curry pasty. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's a good time. So traces of that were in his stomach, okay. which is gross. There goes my appetite. Yeah, no, I never want one again. The coroner believes he ate it around 10 p.m., which kind of doesn't make sense because he was lying around on the beach at 8. Yeah. The coroner also assessed the level of rigor mortis and decided that the time of death was around 2 a.m. on December the 1st. But that's been argued against because it was hot and they just don't think that they assumed he'd been poisoned. Mm which affects rigor mortis and those things, and they think he might have died earlier. Mm. Potentially that last movement that he did with his arm, they think might be his last yeah, like movement in general. Or something. So there's a bit of conjecture around the time of death. And it wasn't for two weeks that the suitcase that he left was found. Oh, my God, I wanted to know about the yeah. suitcase. Okay, so the suitcase is really weird as well. Everything's weird. Everything it's is so, so weird. weird about this case. That's why I love it and people love it. So it had been checked in around 11 a.m. No one had claimed it. So two weeks later, they opened the locker or whatever, and here it was. So it had just standard mini break items, dressing gown, slippers, undies, PJs, singlets. Who takes their dressing gown yeah. on a mini break? I think in 1948, you, you did. They loved like, their they dressing gowns. Quite, everything was quite proper. Like you couldn't 
be mincing around in your pajamas in case yeah. someone knocked at the door. Like you needed so a dressing weird. gown. It's <laughs> weird. Singlets, a coat, shaving items, and a pair of pants. But there was also some weird stuff in there. There was an electrician screwdriver, a table knife cut down into a short, sharp instrument. Oh, cool. Okay. A pair of scissors with sharpened points. Oh, my God. Because scissors aren't already lethal. Yeah, it's going to make it more aggressive. Um, A small square of zinc that's thought to have been used as a protective sheath for the knife and scissors, and a stenciling brush, the kind used by officers on merchant ships for stenciling boxes of cargo, which is so specific. That's so specific. (laughs) This is the exact same brush that only merchant sailors use. Only the merchant ones. Um, There's also an unusual type of waxed thread not found in Australia. Mm. Um, That type of thread had also been used to repair the trousers he was wearing, so that linked him definitively to the suitcase. Yeah. Because that thread was on the pants. So back then, most clothes had name tags on them. Again, I don't know why. 1948, a weird time. Oh, really Where men weird wore time. hats and dressing gowns and everyone had labels on their clothes. Yeah. Like someone's going to And like repaired steal. their pants. Like yeah. I don't, I have not repaired a single exactly. thing. Exactly. <laughs> you just chuck Since it I out. was like 10. Exactly. <laughs> I think obviously people weren't throwing around cash then. It was just after the war. So yeah, true. A lot of people were struggling. Um, all of... Tags have been shown to be removed, but there were some tags on the items that said T. Keen. Mm. But no T. Keen was missing in any English-speaking country in the world, leading police to believe they'd been deliberately left on to conceal the man's true identity. <gasps> Ooh. Because there were signs that other tags had been actually removed. Yeah. So that was extremely strange. Oh, wait, so when you mean tags, you mean they put their blood yeah. and actual human yes. being names. Their names on their clothes. So not like the brand. No. So what have fucking their actual weirdos. Name. I remember in school having like a jumper that yeah, had Yeah, but that's like because Josephine. you were a dumb idiot and you used to leave your I was your a dumb idiot places. and I did. But it's like... <laughs> and I did. In the, I did. So I lost everything. I, was, <laughs> I actually think like one day when I have kids, I'll finally appreciate my mum. Yeah. And why she was always so mad at me. <laughs> I would lose yeah. everything always. I was so careless and no respect for my belongings. <laughs> and in 1948, apparently, people had heaps more respect for their belongings. Yeah. And put, like, yeah, they put their names in. And maybe it was because, say you worked at a factory and you all wore the same kind of coat to work. Yeah, and then true. maybe there was a confusion. You could just be like, oh, that's my coat. Like, I don't know. I don't know why yeah. they did it. Interesting. Okay. Um, on the topic of coats, I love a good segue. <laughs> the coat that he had in his suitcase was from the USA, hadn't been imported, so it meant he'd either been there or bought it from someone who had, which now isn't weird because we're, like, jumping on online to get things from the US all the time. Yeah. Back then, it's, Very it's kind of strange. Yeah. And travel wasn't as prevalent. Like, no. it wasn't 800 bucks to get to Hawaii on Jetstar. Like, it was like a whole effort and expensive to go overseas. So that's a suitcase. The suitcase in itself is strange. But then you've got the whole element of the book, the Mm. creepy fucking book. So where did they find the book? So, this is super weird. The belongings and body were light on clues. So the book was, well, the writing, the piece of paper, was actually the biggest lead the cops had. And so they put out a public appeal and this man came forward with a book, saying he'd found it in his car, which was unlocked and, like, had a window open on Jetty Road in Glenelg, and it looked like it had been tossed 
in. Mm. Um, the man's name was withheld from public knowledge because <sighs> the investigating detective apparently did that, like he'd change witnesses' names to protect them. So I don't know if he's sus, but police say they cleared him of any involvement. They must have checked him out and it was just weird. But he came forward um, a couple of weeks later, I believe. Um, His identity's never been revealed. And so they looked and in the back page, the words had been ripped out and they matched the paper and everything. And it was this rare edition. Um, So the, the thing about the book is it has a theme. And the theme is all about living life to the fullest and then when it ends, having no regrets. Mm. So that actually led detectives to believe that maybe it was a really obscure way of leaving a suicide note. Yeah, because that's what I was just thinking. Yeah. Like, it sounds kind of like it could be yeah. that he has died by suicide and yeah. like left the note. And that was almost like a really... As a parting sort of statement about yeah, his life or something. Yeah, like a weird kind of cryptic way Seems of leaving. very elaborate. Yeah. Um, it's strange. We'll talk more about the theories yes. later. But um, there were indent- the book also held some really major clues because there were indentations of handwriting. Mm. So there was five lines of text making up a code of just weird... Letters. So it was all just these letters in capital, like capital letters. What? But they didn't make they didn't make words in themselves. They weren't another language. So people, the police, thought that they were a code. Mm. That code has not been deciphered, despite what? the investigation still being open. And cryptologists have been looking at it. Like, oh my god, how, I want 60 it. Sixty years, seventy years, seventy years. It's that's insane because you just like there are some really amazing like code breakers exactly, out there. Exactly, like, like literal job. Is to do that. Um, I read that they think it might not even be a code, and maybe it was like a like his own shorthand or oh yeah, kind of okay. a way of like writing sentences without using full words. Whether that was for brevity's sake or to be secretive, mm. but again, super fucking mysterious. Everything's yes. just mysterious. Like how Nothing are you such sense. a mysterious human being? Nothing makes sense. There was a phone number in the book. Okay. And this is super important. It was an unlisted number matching a local woman, Jessica Thompson, who lived 400 metres away from where the man's body was found. Oh, my God. Okay. So this is why I'm talking about sections because we've done the man. I know, we've done I the feel book. like I'm on a journey. <laughs> it's such a journey. And it, I'm kind of following the police investigation because they didn't have many leads, but this was this was like their biggest one. So they kind of like looked at the book and now they looked at Jessica Thompson. So they questioned her in early 1949 because it it happened on the 1st of December. Then it took a few weeks to find the book and probably took them a while to find that writing and figure it all out. So she was 27 at the time um, and she told police she had no idea why her number was in the book and she claimed she didn't know who the man was. But she was shown a plaster cast of the man's face. So they made a... They didn't want to show everyone like a corpse or whatever. Yeah, they showed her plaster cast. Reel a corpse yeah. into the. Here's a rotting corpse. <laughs> We're just going to bring a corpse into your house now. <laughs> you could just identify it. So they showed her a plaster cast. So a detective was there, and so was a man. The man that made the cast, I believe. The detective said she reacted very strongly. Oh. And she looked like she was about to faint. <gasps> and the, the the other man that was there said she looked at the bust, like the bust of the man. The Summerton man. And then she looked away very quickly and she wouldn't look at it again. 
Okay, well, you're being sus, Jessica. Yeah, so. but she was like, I don't know him, but I am going to faint, and I also don't want to look at it yeah. again. You could understand if you were shown a body, because I think yes. I would want to faint, even if I didn't know him. I'd be like, Absolutely. oh, my God, dead body, because I have a very weak stomach. And then, yeah, maybe I wouldn't want to look at it again. But it was a plaster cast doll. Yeah. You're being sus. You're being sus, Jessica. Pull your shit together. If you want to lie to the police, you need to not try and try not to faint when you yes. see. So she was re-interviewed in 2002 by a detective named Jerry Feltus, who was working on the case as a cold case. He said then that she seemed really evasive, and it was his belief and the belief of her own daughter, Kate Thompson, who was interviewed in 2014 for 60 Minutes, that she did know who he was. And she, but she took the secret to her grave because she died in 2002. What? How does anyone take a secret to their grave? I can't take a secret to the end of the day, like right. especially something zesty like this. Absolutely. When it's my secret, <laughs> so I say this all the time, when it is my secret, yeah. you cannot stop me from telling people. I am mm. terrible at keeping my own secrets. Mm. If you told me a secret, yes. go to the grave Yeah, because it's not my secret to tell. Yeah, When Same. it's my shit, I'm, this I is know. why I, was like, I could never cheat on a boyfriend because I will literally tell them Yeah, probably the minute after it happens. <laughs> I'd like be calling them. <laughs> I know. I'm exactly the same. I'm an oversharer. Blows my mind when people take things to the grave. Yeah. How? Like, how do you live with something I like that? Know. Especially when, like, I also love, like, knowing things. So if everyone was like, who is this man? I'd love to be the person that's like, I know who he is. I can tell <laughs> you the story. Yeah, you're, like, pushing everyone yeah. aside at a press conference. <laughs> exactly. I know him. I know this man. Yeah. Um, how old's the daughter now? I'm not sure. Mm, she must be, like, maybe in her 40s or something. If she was... Well, actually, I'm making that up. Why would I fucking know? I don't know. (laughs) She had a son as well, and he comes into it later. Oh, okay. Sorry. You get back to it. Yeah. A bit more about old Jessica here. So this is where it gets. Jessica is the one that was living there, not the daughter. Not the daughter. Forget the daughter. Okay. I'm so sorry. I'm forgetting the daughter. The daughter (laughs) is by, by daughter. Jessica Thompson was originally from Sydney. And she said that while working at the Royal North Shore Hospital as a nurse during World War II, she gave a copy of the Rubaiyat... She had a copy of the book oh my God. to an army lieutenant named Al Boxall. Alf? Al. Let's just call him Boxall. 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 It's a weird name. Boxall, yeah. B-O-X-A-L-L. It's a very strong name. She wrote a message in the front of that book and signed it Jestin, which is weird. Jestin. I don't know. So... She moved to Melbourne and told police she got a letter from Boxall but told him she was married and basically, like, leave me alone. At the time, her boyfriend, whose name was Prosper Thompson, was legally still married and was in the process of divorcing his wife, so she wasn't actually married to him yet. She told police she never heard from Alf Boxall again. Boxall. (laughs) Boxall. By Boxall. So the police actually thought that the Summerton man was Boxall for a short time because of the book connection yeah, and of all of that. Maybe he came to find her, but then they located him very much alive in July 1949. Was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> and he still had the book. <gasps> what? He still had his copy of the book and it had the words Tamam Shud still intact in Wait. the back. Okay, so Boxall has his book from Jessica. So the yeah. book in the car is not Jessica's, no. but the book in the car is the same, same book, book type. Yeah. My so, mind is just. Yeah. I'm I did so a bit of research right on this book, and apparently it was quite popular at that time. Not like okay, so it's Fifty not, Shades of Grey. Yeah. But it wasn't like it sounds really obscure and weird now to have a book of Farsi poetry. Yeah. But because. It's just not the kind of thing that's popular now. But Aussie, especially in Australia, we just yeah. But back in the forties, apparently, 
people were interested in the book, especially like around the war and it was about living your life to the fullest. So I guess people were scared and had like thoughts of like, you know, their lives being precious and so it was it wasn't like a very rare book back then. The edition that had the page ripped out was rare though. Mm. The book itself wasn't. So Jessica Thompson at the time asked that her name not be part of any of the records of this case and she said it was because she didn't want her husband to know that she knew Alf Boxall. Mm-hmm. Which is super weird. Yeah. So that's Jessica. There's a little connection here as well. So the man, the Somerton man, mm-hmm. he was found to have a really unusual characteristic in his ears and teeth. His upper, so imagine your ear and you've got like the hole, like yeah. your ear hole. <laughs> and then there's like those two hollows. There's a larger one at the top. Yeah. And no, there's an upper one that's usually smaller and then there's a lower ear hol- hollow. Inside the ear or in this bit? In the bit, like We're around doing the hole. Section right now, by the way. <laughs> I'll put the photos in the Facebook group. Like that bit. Because they've got photos of his ears. Okay, yeah. Those two bits. So basically, his upper ear hollow is larger than his lower, which is only found in 1% to 2% of the Caucasian population, mm. that characteristic. And in 2009, a professor named Derek Abbott, who was leading a University of Adelaide team looking into the case, um, had a dentist confirm that the Somerton man had a genetic. Um, kind of deformity in his teeth where he's missing his incisor teeth. Mm. So that characteristic's also very rare. I think it's in 10% of the population or something. Both of these characteristics were shared by Jessica Thompson's son, Robin, (gasps) who was born in 1947 and died in 2009. Fuck off. So many people believe that Robin is the son of the Somerton man. Absolutely. That is way too coincidental for him not to be the son of the Somerton man. I know. It's (gasps) wild. So he was born the year before um, the Somerton man died. Okay. Things are starting to get clearer to me in a completely unverified way. It's super weird. Like, it's just intriguing, this whole entire case. This is what I mean by it's long and it's involved and it's detailed and I had to make sure I got everything and I don't think I did. There's so many theories around it. I'm so into it. it. Remember what we said? It's all about the story. It's all about the story. So that's, that's what we know. There's a couple of notes here. So in 1950, the copy of the book, The Rubaiyat, was lost. I don't know how. Just conveniently lost. Yeah. Okay. In 1986, the suitcase and everything in it were destroyed. Oh, fuck off. It's one of those things where it's like, oh, we're moving offices and we don't need this anymore. You know, it was in one of those old evidence boxes. Yeah. I feel like if it's an open case, you don't destroy everything. They've got photos of everything in the suitcase, but they don't have it. Yeah. Which is super annoying. Um, In 1994, John Harbour Phillips, who was the Chief Justice of Victoria, studied the evidence and concluded that the cause of the man's death was poisoning by digitalis which is a plant-based poison. Mm. Um, in 2011, this is wild, a woman found an identification card amongst her late father's possessions. So I guess he just passed away and she was kind of looking through everything. So it's this old-timey card and it had a photo of a young man and it said the man's name was H.C. Reynolds. It was a US-issued card. It stated that he was 18 years old and British he had the same ear characteristic as the Somerton man, and he also had a mole that matched the Somerton man on his face. So it led a facial recognition expert to conclude it probably was the same man. 
Interesting. But oh god, an investigation into the name H.C. Reynolds in England and in America found no records of the man ever existing. Why? <laughs> it's like we keep getting to the edge yes. and then it's like, oh, no. Yeah, and it's like inconclusive and there's no, like, even though that man said he thought it was poison, there's a, it's shocking that he didn't vomit because mm. that's like the one thing that happens if you get poisoned this way. Like people have looked into it and been like, you wouldn't just die slowly and silently. Like it's yeah. a horrific death apparently. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? And then also the no traces situation, like where they're like, well, yes. it looks yeah. like He just concluded though. it from the evidence, like yeah, circumstantial kind of evidence and what happened to his organs, but not because he found, no one ever found the traces of it. Yeah. Um, and that was actually kept quiet from the public because I think it was readily available in chemists, so they didn't want people to go around murdering people or taking it themselves. Yeah, fair enough. Um, So based on all of that information, there's some working theories here. So it's basically some people believe that he took his own life on the beach that night by ingesting the poison and leaving the Tamamshu note in his pocket as a suicide note of sorts, which we discussed before. But then other people think someone murdered him with the same method. I personally think it looks like foul play because his wallet was gone, but he had tickets and things. So he obviously had money to be paying for tickets and paying for his suitcase to be boarded, but there was no wallet. So, I mean, maybe he threw it away himself because he didn't want people to know who he was, but then why would he leave a creepy note in his pocket? Like, it just doesn't add up. Yeah. Um, And also... There was no key to his storage locker. Yeah. And it looks like someone went and fiddled with his stuff and cut off the name tags afterwards. Mm. So it's just, I don't think it conclusively, either way, says yeah. murder or suicide. Do you feel like, because like when I knew the bare bones and now even knowing more of this case, mm. I always think he's a spy. Yes, so this is the next Oh, sorry, that I I'm so here. sorry. I have jumped ahead, so, as per usual. <laughs> our mate Alf Boxall yes. worked in intelligence in the army. Oh, of course he did. Um, and the presence of what looked like a code in the back of the book and as well as, like, the time, so it was like the Cold War kind of stirrings. People thought there was going to be another world war, like there very nearly was because mm. there was some unrest. It led to speculation that he was a spy, killed for spy reasons, I've written here. <laughs> killed for spy and reasons. And I think... I've written here as well, weapons in suitcase, because why would he have scissors sharpened to a sharp point? And why would he have a fucking table knife sharpened to a sharp point? Yeah. Like, he came to Adelaide with methods of protecting himself or methods of taking someone out. Like, you don't yeah. just travel. Like, you went to Tweed Heads. Did you take a sharpened <laughs> table knife? No. No. It's, I mean, I guess you could argue that he could potentially have taken them to plan his own death. Yes. But... I do feel like it seems less likely that you would carry a bunch of sharp utensils to kill yourself. Yeah. And why wouldn't you just use them? Yeah. It's it's weird. weird. And no one ever recognised him, ever, in the world. Yeah. Which makes me feel like his identity was, like, hushed up deliberately. Yeah. Also, many of his possessions were foreign-made and not available here. So either it was very well-travelled, which wasn't really common. No. Um, a lot of people people thought he looked European as well or, or British, like just the way his face was. But also 
faces look different in death, so maybe people just didn't recognise his dead face. All of it, all of his ID was removed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think, I feel like poison is a very spy way of, they still do it. The yeah. Russians, remember that and umbrella? And, yes. I love that. Especially, <laughs> especially poison that then the autopsy can't yes. identify. Yep. Like that to me screams some secret government mm-hmm. like shit that yeah. people, you know, aren't aware exists mm. that can it's so very um like James Bondy yeah. villainy, isn't it? Yeah. It's like I have made oh, why am I putting on that voice? That was a weird <laughs> voice to put on. Like I've made this like, you know, evil concoction yes. out of Rabbit's foot and I don't know. Now they're a witch, apparently. They're anyway, a whatever. Witch. The point they're is, they're a wart. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. The point is, you know, like some evil, you know, villain in a James Bond movie creating yeah. this poison that can't be traced by doctors and, yep. and you know, yeah. There's it definitely very feels spyish. Spy it? about it. Um, yeah, it's really weird. But then people are like, is Australia really like a very spy place. Yeah. It's not like it's Russia or the UK or the US. Like it's just little old Australia. But you never know what's going on. No, you Government don't. are very suspicious. This is like ASIO, which I've always wanted to join. Same. I would I have be no, terrible. I did that thing. I'd be such a bad spy. Did like you do I, that? The tests that they sent out? Yes. Yeah. I was so bad at it. Same. Like, and I always think I want to be a spy, but then I can't even like kill a cockroach without being scared. Yeah, and you can't lie, like you just said. I'm so you terrible would at lying. You literally tell everyone everything. Yeah. You would tell me you were an NGO <laughs> within five minutes of joining. I know. <laughs> I'd be hopeless, but I love spy things. Like, I love Dalius. I yeah. love like James Bond. Same. You know, I wish I a could. A dream that will never be realized. Yeah. I'll never be a spy. Oh, well. Um,. What was I going to – yes, next theory. So this is a, this is where it starts to get weird. Uh, no, actually, they also thought he might be a black market trader. So, yes, he was dodgy, but oh, not yeah, in a okay. spy way, just in a fucking criminal way. Yeah, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. That's another option. And they thought that maybe he was tied up with Jessica's husband, Prosper Thompson, oh. who he was like – some kind of salesman-y kind of figure. Like I think he was a like car salesman. They're always actually. bad. All car salesmen yeah, are secretly so doing dodgy shit on the side. If he was a dodgy black market trader in something, that might also explain why he had, like, weapons and things. If it was, like... Yeah, like, maybe know. he's not the good guy. Maybe he's yeah, the maybe bad he's guy. Yeah, maybe he's a naughty man. We yeah. don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy. We, we don't know. We just don't know. Is one of the theories that he's an alien? Um... Not, I don't have that here. <laughs> but we could make it I've up. also heard um, so, Eamon, who works in our office, yeah. said some people think he, this man's a time traveller. <gasps> that is good. Yeah. That is a good fucking theory. Another fucking weird theory is that he's Glenn Miller, so a musician oh. named Glenn Miller, whose plane disappeared over the English Channel in 1944. Okay. So some people thought he looked like Glenn Miller. <laughs> So it was just washing up on a beach. In- <laughs> what the fuck? Washed up on the beach, sitting there with sitting. all his clothes intact. Yeah. With the note in his pocket unharmed. Yeah. Absolutely fucking not. No. Get out, Glenn Miller, Get conspiracy out. theorist. So another thing about his body okay. was that he had insanely well-developed calf muscles. Mm. So some investigators actually thought he might be a trained ballet dancer. Oh. 
which would fit with him being a Russian spy, in my opinion. Absolutely, yeah, because um, all Russian people are ballet dancers. Yeah, all of them. Absolutely every <laughs> Russian person is a but ballet dancer. But they are dancer. known. Like, ballet is genuinely, yes, I yeah. think. I'm also, this is a wild <laughs> speculation, but ballet is a, a sort of sport? National sport of well, Russia. Like, there's a lot yeah. of Russian ballet dancers, yeah, there right? Is. That's a thing, Yeah, I think. I don't you know who else know. was a ballet dancer. Jessica Thompson's son, Robin, oh. was encouraged oh into God. doing ballet by his mother when he was young, and he had the same kind of hectic calf muscles. Like, Jessica, you're not fooling anyone yeah. anymore at this point. Like, your own daughter. I know I told you to forget her, but I know. here she is We're again. bringing her back. She fucking thought you knew this bloke. Like, just cough up the information. I feel like we're all like, he's a spy. It's probably something so... And it's ages like ago now. middle of the road. I know. But even if he was a spy, it's like, it's been so long. Yeah. Russia will forgive you. Russia won't they'll, care. They'll, they'll be like, we've got bigger problems. We've got Trump here. <laughs> I don't know what's happening with that, but something, probably. Something. We don't know politics. There's shit going on it's over not there. Our, I don't know. Not our forte. We know. What's his name? Old, per- ye old crimes. Per- not. What's the guy's Putin. name? Putin. Putin and his horse with the shirtless. I don't know yeah. what's happening, but things are going on over there. <laughs> yeah. And they're not really going to give Bigger a shit. Bigger fish to fry than yeah. some dead Just body in Adelaide. Know. Jessica, come on. I mean, you're dead. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Jessica. All right, Jessica's babe. daughter. Figure it out. So a lot of people think that he was just England Elg to see Jessica and his secret son, Robin. Absolutely. And he was turned away by her, who didn't want her new husband to know that he wasn't Robin's real father. Rude. Um, so maybe then... Maybe not rude, I don't know. <laughs> maybe then upset he t- took his own life. Or... Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, okay. That make, I mean, that's a, a strong theory. Yeah. So that's they're kind of the top theories, and that's all the information that I could put together. I'm sure there's stuff I've missed. I think you did a really good job. There was things in there that I... There were things in there I didn't know. Oh, so. great. Okay, that's good. And there were, like... I found a lot of, like, um, facts, and then I read... Um, an AMA on Reddit by Derek Abbott. So Derek. he did an AMA on Reddit, and so he knows so much about this case. So much so that he married, weirdly enough, the daughter of Robin Thompson. So oh while investigating, God. he met her and they fell in love. So, I don't like that. And she's potentially the granddaughter of the like, Summerton man. You're so obsessed with the he's Summerton so man that you've like married into that he his married family. into it. Isn't that super weird? I no mean, judgment, that's the thing, but also like so much judgment. The circumstances lend to the fact that you may meet somebody connected to the case that you then fall in love yeah. with, but also it's weird. Yeah. And if I was her, I'd be like, do you love me, me. <laughs> or do you love my mysterious dead grandfather? Yeah. Because I think it's the latter. Yeah, it's super weird. So the, the body was embalmed, which was unusual oh. for the time. They wanted to maintain his face, I guess. Yeah, fair. But a lot of his DNA was um, destroyed. He's buried. Um and it just says here lies the Summerton man. I don't know. Where is he buried? Um, somewhere in Adelaide. And I want to go. Derek and the family of yeah. Robin Thompson have been, they want to dig up Robin's remains and the Summerton man's remains to compare whatever DNA they can. Wait, so is Robin. Robin's the secret son. Yeah, is he alive? No, he's oh. dead. Sorry, that's an important yeah. thing. <laughs> he's dead. He died like, in 2009, seven oh. years after his mum. Oh, that's really sad. So he's dead. Sorry, that was a hugely important point that I missed. That's okay. Um, he's dead. Summerton Man's yeah, dead. Let's Jessica's dig him up. dead. Compare the remains. So these are all the people that fucking know. Yeah. Um, apparently his daughter wants him dug up, but yeah. his sister thinks 
Kate, yes, <laughs> the daughter of Jessica Thompson, thinks it's disrespectful and oh. doesn't doesn't like, want it. But there are a lot of facts that I found, and then Derek shot them down. So there was this rumor that Jessica Thompson could speak fluent Russian, oh. but she couldn't. Okay, like that wasn't true. So yeah, things so like that. There things. was all these things that led it to look more like a spy thing. But I tried to just include facts that. Derek had provided in the AMA and that I'd found in my research. So I went very deep. Yes. So I don't have things about him being a time traveller and I don't know the no, basis of that. that. What do you or think? an alien. I think, I don't know. I actually don't know what I think here. I think Robin is his son. Yeah. I think he probably came to see him. Mm. But then I don't know who killed him. I don't think he killed himself. I don't. There's either. too many other weird things. Like, where's his wallet? Where's the key for the yeah the locker? Why were his name tags removed? Why did he have weapons? Yeah, the t- the name tags is the weird bit to me. Mm. The name tags, like the wallet, to me is like okay. Well, someone could take your wallet. Like, if, mm. like a bad person yeah. could come along and sort of rob this guy. Yeah. Um, you know, and that sort of thing. But the name tags is weird. The yeah. Like, mainly the name tags, I think, and the fact that they can't identify him anywhere makes yes, me think. Yes, the identification as well. It's just not – there's nothing open and shut about it. Yeah. It's like, why couldn't they identify him? No one in the world. Yeah. And that card – and it kind of does – it's a very young man in the H.C. Reynolds, the identification card. I'll put it in the Facebook group yes. so you can see it. It's really cool. And it kind of looks like him, like a young version of – the kind of infamous photo of his body. But then who's H.C. Reynolds? Like, why do you have a... F- and who was that? That woman, like, she hasn't been identified. The woman who found it in her dad's possessions. She didn't want to be identified. Yeah. So what, many why did her dad have that? He's dead. It's like all these key people are dead. They <laughs> didn't can't ask them anything. Though, did they? They're no, no, okay. no. Yeah, because I think, to me someone that can't be identified that has all of these that's the other thing that all the internationally owned items like all these yes. items you can't get in Australia yeah. especially at that time it's yeah. not it's not like it's ASOS like shit has or revolve in. like <laughs> you can't be like I want an unusual coat yeah no like people made their own stuff and yeah it's very locally mm-hmm. sort of so you had some like fancy kind of international stuff he's an international man of mystery he is He's James mm-hmm. Bond. That's the theory. Yeah. He is the 40s's James Bond, yeah. but maybe the Russian version. It's so crazy. It's just, it's one of those, just, you could go mad thinking about it. Like. Yeah. But that's why the spy <laughs> thing makes sense because, mm. like, I feel like with those things, like, is there government cover-up involved? Mm-hmm. You know, And, like, you know, the book's lost and the yeah. suitcase is destroyed. Is that government interference? Oh, that's what I reckon. Yeah. Because, I mean, look, the sad, like, if if I went really sad for a minute, mm. I feel like there are elements that do make it look like, okay, maybe he did um, kill himself because mm. the Tamam Shud thing yeah. and the book and the connection to Jessica, all of that could just be him kind of making some sort of reference to this family that he had that he couldn't be mm. with yeah. and a sort of parting kind of, yeah, like you said, suicide note. Um, and you know, just sitting quietly, passing away, mm. not making much noise. Yeah. Like he could still be a spy mm. who 
you know, killed a sad himself. Spy. Yeah. yeah, that couldn't have the. Oh, that makes me really sad. I feel sad for the Somerton man. Um, but yeah, so I think either way, he was a spy. Yeah, I don't know necessarily that he got killed, but then yeah, like you said, you've got the sharp objects yeah. in his suitcase and and a stenciling brush and just yeah. weird. It's like he had very standard things and then some really weird things. Well, were those things planted? Well, yeah. Then it's like, fuck. Maybe things were just planted to throw people off or yeah. just – honestly, no. I feel like there's no just, oh, we'll die on this hill of saying this, this is, is what, what happened. Yeah, because you just can't commit to one or the other. I can't because everything's just like – there's no, like, open and shut part of this case. There's just open doors everywhere. Like so many. A door opens. Jessica Thompson, she won't say anything – she was evasive. Now she's dead. Her daughter thinks she knew who it was, but she doesn't know his name or anything. She just has a theory that her mum knew. Yeah, shit. It's so weird. Um, what was I going to say? But, like, even if her mum had a zesty affair with the Somerton man, why did no one else recognise <laughs> him? Affair. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I mean, and it's not just maybe you didn't see the paper that day. Like, this is fucking worldwide famous case. Yeah. Like, I swear if I looked at a photo of my granddad with some of his friends and there was a guy that looked like the Somerton man in the back of the photo. Yeah. Be like, oh, my God. Yeah. You know, like I just feel like after all this time that no one, no one in the world can tell us who he is. Yeah, and it's like what what does that mean? How did you lead your life? Yeah. Because it's like even if you're a spy, you would still have to be around people yeah, at times. Yeah, unless time. it was one of those Russian things where he was born and like in an orphanage born and then taken to an orphanage and then plucked yeah. out of there to become Oh, my God. That's exactly what happened. Well, the only other thing I thought with that was that you were saying no, none of the English-speaking countries, which, I mean, obviously still counts with countries where mm. English isn't their first language, but, like, back in that time, yeah. potentially there were countries or even, like, regions of countries where people weren't Yes. Documented in, I don't know, yeah. I'm making that and up. maybe they weren't as cooperative. Like, I can't imagine yeah. the Russians. And yeah. I am a quarter Russian. Can I just yeah. say this? I'm not disparaging Russians in any way. But every movie I've ever seen, <laughs> Russians are dodgy as fuck. Like, yeah. it's fine. Well, even <laughs> in politics, they've been dodgy <laughs> They're dodgy. Times. Like so maybe they didn't cooperate. Maybe they're like, we don't know him, but they knew yeah. 100% who he was. And, at that, and he could do ballet. <laughs> he could do the ballet. The He's man is Russian. Russian. <laughs> we don't even know that he could do ballet. He just had a hectic Was calm. James Nellie Melba, what was she? An opera singer. Yeah. Not a ballet dancer. Who's the Australian ballet dancer? The famous one. Pavlova? Anna Pavlova. Is that it? Is she Australian? She may not be, but we have the Pavlova. Yeah. So I feel like Did she, she come is. here? I don't know. I'm going to look that up you later. You ask me so many questions. Like, I always I ask you and for hours obscure. and I still can't. <laughs> so Anna Pavlova it. is. <laughs> it's my grandma. That's <laughs> how I'm. Yeah. My granddad's the Somerton man. But with what you were saying mm. about the Russians, mm. even the US mm. at that time, mm. there's so much tension. Yes, there and was. the Cold War. Cold there was a lot times. of fucking secrets going on. Yeah. So potentially, I mean, it wasn't the Cold War yet, but it was starting to get towards it, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, when did the Cold... I think it was in the 50s, in the 60s. But, like, it would have still been, like... Leading up to it, Everything after yeah. World War Two was still pretty tense. Like, relationships yeah. were not good between countries. Oh, here we go. It was 1947 to 1991. Yeah, that's a long fucking time. Yeah. So there you go. So that's, like, 
yep. peak time for countries to be on high alert, not giving away information. Yeah, it was so, literally just, it's defined as political tension between yeah. the Eastern bloc and powers in the Western bloc. So why would the Russians be like, oh, yes, we'll cooperate yeah. with you, Australia? Well, even U- the US, if he was US, like they still yeah. probably would be like, we're yeah. not going to reveal that we no. had a spy yeah, yeah. who died on the beach. Because <laughs> yes. you know how they were doing things like even like they were like, we don't want to look weak. Mm. Like that whole space race thing. Mm. Like I love this segue off into nothing, but like it's literally <laughs> like this actual We'll put a dog race. in space. Yeah. Oh, I just yelled, sorry, everyone. But that was it. Like they were yeah. literally like, well, fuck you. We're, we're going to put a man on the moon. Fuck you back. We're going to put a man on the moon. Yeah. And like, then they never did it again, which is my favorite conspiracy theory oh, yeah. that never happened. We should do an offshoot series. Of conspiracies. Of conspiracies. Well, yeah, because Jade Helm 15 is this conspiracy theory that a guy I very briefly dated told me about, and it was the greatest gift, I think. <laughs> I've been, aside from that from one guy that I dated that told me about my song, that there's a song by the Allman Brothers called Melissa, and now I'm, like, obsessed with it because oh. I'm nothing if not self-obsessed. <laughs> and um, But it's like I pick up these gifts from yeah. guys that, like, fuck me over, but, like, yeah. briefly to give me To all the boys something. who gave me factoids on yes. our brief dates together. Yes. Exactly. So, anyway, yes, Jade Helm 15 is oh, great. Okay. Um, Interesting side podcast that could potentially come, but we're really busy, so probably not for probably a while. Probably not for a while. But that's... That's the Summerton man. That's I really all I know. It. That's all we know. Um, it's pretty. Um, I think for Australia, it's so wild. It's wild. <laughs> yeah, it's really wild. Like it's. I wonder if the explanation is just something really innocuous. Probably, it but, usually is, isn't it? Yeah, but like I think just the mystery of it has led people to speculate wildly <laughs> about what it actually is. But it's cool. It's one of my favourite mysteries just because it's insane. There's not one element of it that isn't insane. There's so many weird elements to it. Yeah, it's good. The book, the code, the man, the woman. I really want someone to crack that code. Yeah. Um, that's it. That's cool. That's me done. If you guys know anything about the Summerton Man. Yeah, if you are the Summerton Man. If you are the Summerton Man. If you are the reincarnated <laughs> Summerton Man. Hit us up in our Facebook group. Yes. On Pedestrian TV. All Aussie Mystery Hour. Um, you'll see it there. Just mm-hmm. weigh in. We yeah. love theories. And Josie's going to put the pictures in there. Yeah. I'll put, I really want to see. I'll put the ear. <laughs> yes. You'll see what I mean because that's really hard to explain. Yeah, it's really hard to <laughs> – if I couldn't understand it, I'm sitting across from yeah. Josie right now. And, and you were pointing like pointing at your ear and I was just like, I can't. It's too dark in here. We sit in the dark, which makes things even more mysterious. Only because the overhead light's one of those horrendous um, fluorescent ones and it yes. makes a noise, which is picked up on the microphone. And it's unflattering, frankly. It's unflattering. So we have this creepy floor light and everything's just weird in here. It is weird. It's a weird, spooky room. Um, but also go like. Please like us yeah. on, on iTunes like us. And, and comment nice things yeah. so that other people get to listen to it and we get to keep doing this because we're really having a lot yeah. of fun. And if you subscribe then you get the little notification that we have a new episode and then your trip home on the bus is sorted because yeah. you've got us. Yes, with the spicy hour, maybe also maybe 30 minutes of mystery talk. But for now, that's it. See ya. Bye. Bye.